friends, welcome back to my channel. My name is Ashley Ariana. Today I'm here joined by Rohan for some post-game instant reaction to the just super important, thrilling game that the 49er players just, 49ers just lost 21 to 20 to the Rams. The first um, regular season game that they have lost to the Rams since 2018. And, you know, since they were going all out for this win it was definitely a big deal <laughs> yeah how are no, you doing Rowan? you were in the stands yeah no decided to go for this one um because this is the only game that i could catch uh luckily some family was able to get some tickets decided to go and no i mean it was a fun experience nonetheless you got to see a couple of things fans will say this regardless of the, how important this game is or not those fans will still get, you know, as excited or as riled up as you would see in a regular game. I mean, you saw, you know, obviously at the end, probably some negativity. Some of the big plays with Sam Donald, you know, you you, you were hearing Sam Donald get compliments at Levi Stadium. Obviously, there was a loud roar when they put the okay, score wait, up really for the quick. Eagles Giants. You you were in the stands, so you didn't hear this, but I swear to God, someone, the whoever Sam Donald's what is it called? Not like a sponsor. He's not an AA. Um, what is it when you're like, you have, oh, an agent. Whoever his agent is, the announcers, Sam Donald would breathe. And they were like, have you ever seen such a good throw? And then Carson Wentz would like have a good play. Silence. Nothing. Sam Donald has a good throw. They were like, he's actually incredible. He's actually turned down opportunities to be here. And he, he could be a starter again. And, you know, some team's going to take a chance on him because he's that good. They were the way that they pumped him up, and I know that he played actually not bad, but the level of like every single throw, like people in the comments who who listen to the broadcast, I'm sure that they're gonna have that same opinion. It was on another level how much the and on the NFL channel they were yeah. they really like that's what you get when you have a guy who has the arm talent of Sam Donald, but you know. A regular Sunday showdown between Sam Donald and Carson Wentz. Fun experience. And like you said, the Niners end up losing 21-20, to which means, well, this didn't mean really anything for the Niners. For the Rams, though, they win. They're going to face Detroit now in round one. And I think, I forget if we spoke last week or if I said this on a different show. When I was talking about potential playoff matchups, I put the Rams as one of the most likely matchups that the 49ers would face. There are only four teams San Francisco can face. They can only face Tampa Bay. That's if all the favorites win or all the higher seeds win, they'd face Tampa Bay because they're the lowest seed available. They could face Philly if all the higher seeds win and Philly beats Tampa Bay. They could face the Rams if the Packers lose, then they face the Rams if the Rams win. Or they could face the Packers. If the Packers win, that's their opponent. You essentially face the lowest seed. I think it's fairly possible that they face the 49ers or the 49ers face the Rams once again at Levi Stadium this year. I I would be really interested in that matchup with like a full Rams team. We did get to see one of their main starters, Puka Nakua, because uh, Sean McVay really wanted him to get that uh, record, which I liked that Kyle Shanahan said one of his only goals wasn't to win the game, but was to keep Ukanukua in the game for as long as possible. And they kept him in until the, the third quarter. Traverius Ward said that he was not going to break that record on him, and he didn't. Ward was taken out before uh, Nukua broke that record. But um, 
having Matthew Staff, like seeing how, and I, I know that the Rams were going against the 49ers backup, but seeing how the Rams have played, not in this game, but the previous, since their bye week the in the regular season, Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup, I think that they're, they would be the most exciting um, matchup for the 49ers, definitely give them their biggest challenge potentially. Um, we obviously didn't see their defense have Aaron Donald or anything, so it'll look like a totally different game. But I really enjoy the Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan matchups. I feel like they, not that they get in each other's head, but I feel like they scheme well against each other, and it usually makes for a very interesting game that I'm excited to see. I'm excited. I'm I'm glad that, like, I wanted the 49ers to win, but I'm excited to see the Lions versus Rams matchup as well. No, definitely. Honestly, I'm probably going to. Uh, what do you Lions, mean? Really quick, if the Lions win that game, yeah. would the 49ers yeah. play the Lions then? No, no. If the Lions win, the 49ers, if the Lions win and if Dallas wins, the 49ers would then face the winner of Tampa Bay versus Philadelphia because the there's going to be a winner, obviously. One of the two has to win, and both teams are a lower seed than the Lions. Okay. Okay. But talking about that matchup, I mean, um, I'm intrigued, and I, the reason I say it's realistic that the 49ers could face the, 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 the Rams is that I believe Matthew Stafford's the best quarterback in the NFC at the moment. I, I think that that's true, and I think he's coming in on a hot streak. Now, the one thing about the Rams matchup with the 49ers is I just don't think their defense compares to some of the other teams. I think they can score and be in a shootout. Compare, uh, in, in comparison to other teams, especially when they are running a balanced approach with Kyron Williams at running back, but I don't know if their defense can hold up with some of the like some of the other teams because when you talk about uh, defenses, I mean, I think Dallas has a pretty good one. Um, I mean, Detroit. Uh, I mean, maybe in the NFC, but in the AFC, I don't think that they're as good as uh, you know some of the those AFC defenses. But right. NFC has kind of changed a lot recently. You obviously have the Packers who snuck in, uh, snuck back in. I think they're actually a, a sneaky underrated pick. I think they're pretty talented. And then if you talk about they like the Ram, I feel like the Packers have even a worse defense than the Rams do. Yeah, they're not great. I don't think that they're 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 well called, but I think that if you talk about a good team, the Dallas Cowboys struggle against some of those good teams. And I think the Green Bay Packers present a challenge. Uh, I think that they do. But Philadelphia has been really struggling. I mean, we've seen those struggles highlighted over the last few weeks. I don't know if they win a wild card game. I mean, it's weird to say, Ooh, given the year that they had last play? year. Huh? Do we know who the Eagles are going to play right now? Uh, yeah, yeah, they play Tampa Bay. That's locked. Um, they play Tampa Bay on the road. That would be fun. I don't think Tampa Bay is that good. They are not. They showed that this week. But if the Eagles lose to Tampa Bay, there is some serious thinking that would have to go on. But we know the matchups. It's San Francisco gets the bye, Dallas versus Green Bay, Detroit versus the Rams, and then Tampa Bay versus the Eagles. Also, like, the Buccaneers are – do you – I feel like the Buccaneers are better than the Giants, right? Oh, they're better than the Giants. Yeah, that's for and sure. The Eagles just lost to them, right? Is that not? Yeah, but I mean, I don't view it like that. I don't view it apples to apples kind of thing. You'll see how they play against the Buccaneers. Different approach. You'll probably likely have Devontae Smith back as well. But regardless, I mean, the Eagles right now, their biggest issue is their defense is horrific. They they changed D coordinators to Matt Patricia midway through, like at the very end of the season. And since then, their defense has been horrific. It's awful. I mean, this might be like. If you want a college comparison, this is like USC, where you have good talent on the defense, 
but it just does not gel and they are they're pretty darn bad right now yeah yeah i definitely which part of you wants to meet up with a worse team like i feel like the only problem with meeting up with the rams is i think that they could potentially give the 49ers their biggest challenge now i don't i I would be shocked if any of these NFC teams, just defensive-wise, were able to to beat the 49ers. Um, now, if if it turns out to be like a shootout, that's a that's a more interesting game for the 49ers. But I'm I'm definitely eyeing that that Rams team. I I don't I can't see. I think if it's the Buck, I think if it's the Bucks, I think if it's the Packers, even the Cowboys, I'm really not. I'm not as worried. The The Cowboys and the Rams would worry me more than the other ones, for sure. That makes sense. Um, yeah. Now, in the comments, we're getting lots of uh, Sam Darnold comments. Sam Darnold sucked. The O-line sucked. Sam Darnold did a good job. People want to know about Sam Darnold. So I want to ask you, um, we'll start with this. If Brock Purdy went down sometime in the playoffs, after seeing him firsthand in person today, what is your confidence that the 49ers could win a Super Bowl with all of their other starters? So maybe not the O-line that we saw today, but with Sam Darnold. How did you feel about watching him? We talked about his arm talent, but that's a little bit potentially like he looks really good if he was doing a, a pro day. You know, like maybe it makes sense that he went third overall because he could throw the ball really nice and really pretty. But he had some fumbles. He, you know, how how well did you think he did? What is your confidence in him compared to maybe the team with Brock Purdy? Yeah, I'll say this in two different ways. Number one, talking about today, I I thought Sam Darnold played a hell of a game. I thought he was probably one of the main reasons the 49ers were in this because there were a couple of drop passes where the 49ers yeah. should have won this game. This yeah. this was They're not on Sam Darnold. I don't care about the fumble at the end. Same way with the interception at the end of the, the Ravens game. I mean, it's a pretty bitter ending, you know, uh, and that's obviously going to leave a taste about Sam Darnold in your mouth. But I don't think he was at all the reason that he lost today. I thought he played pretty darn well. I thought he was accurate with the football. I thought he made good decisions. I thought he was able to escape the pocket a couple of times, you know. Um, I, I thought he, he had a good performance. Now, what's my confidence if he has to come in? Zero. I think I'd say that for any backup quarterback in the NFL. You don't win a Super Bowl with your backup quarterback. Hell, it's hard enough to win with your starter. I don't think the 49ers win in 2023. I've said that before with their starter in, and that's not a slight to Brock Purdy. With the backup in, I don't think I'd take any backup in the NFL uh, to win a Super Bowl. If you're talking about my confidence, it would be zero regardless of who's the player. I think Donald's played well, but I think it's just too tall a task to ask a backup quarterback to come in and play and try and win a Super Bowl. Okay, what is your confidence that they would win, like get to the Super Bowl with Sam Darnold? Uh, I mean, like how? Okay, differences between Sam Darnold and Brock Purdy to you. How how did you feel? And maybe it's not even fair because the uh, supporting cast around him was so different. But how did you feel watching Sam Darnold run this offense compared to Brock Purdy? I mean, I thought he played well. I thought he played well. Again, there are a lot of differences in this game compared to the previous. You're playing with backups. Sam Donald played with a backup offensive line for a half of the game. He played with backup weapons for half of the game. He played, you know, he played with backups. So this is more, this had more of the feel of a preseason game than it did of a regular season game. And so I don't think it's really 
it's really fair to judge Sam Darnold's performance and how it would acclimate to a different level against tougher defenses because you're going to go up against, uh, you know, first teamers against, well, him going with the number one receivers with the number one offensive line for the whole game, different things like that. You know, there there's a lot of things that are, are, are different. Now, there are distinct differences between Sam Donald and Brock Purdy. I've said this. I remember there was a stretch in the middle of the season where Purdy was struggling. 49ers are 5-3 and three going into their bye week. And, I mean, I've even had my reservations about Purdy in, in terms of anointing him as a top-5, top-10 quarterback way too soon. But even at that point, I said, there's no way in hell you you put in Sam Donald for Brock Purdy. You've seen what Sam Donald can do. And unfortunately, the issue is those turnovers are going to carry with him for the rest of his career. We've seen what Brock Purdy can do in this offense. Are there issues? Sure. But has the good outweighed the bad? Absolutely. There's a reason he's in the MVP conversation. There's a reason he's been able to do what he has to do. So that's why my point kind of stands. I think that the 49ers, they would feel much more confident if if Brock Purdy was the one leading them to the Super Bowl. Can they make it? I have a, you know, I, I have good faith. I think that they are the best team in the NFC. I just have reservations whether they can win it. Obviously, that might change if Sam Donald's the one coming in because you ultimately go from maybe having a top three quarterback in the conference to probably having the worst quarterback in the field going into the playoffs. And I think when it comes down to the playoffs, big plays and things like that, the most important position matters, and that's quarterback. I felt like Sam Darnold, we did, and we, I, we've we heard this about him before, kind of holding the ball a little bit longer. When I was um, writing my notes, like key differences that I saw between Brock Purdy and Sam Darnold, that is something that I wrote down more than a few times. Now, once again, is that because the receivers aren't getting as open as easily? Now they are backups and they were making drops, but they were also going against backup corners and stuff like that. Um, But I did notice Sam Darnold kind of hesitating with the ball sometimes when I felt like just from watching the broadcast that there was someone open and maybe he wasn't making as quick and decisive um, decisions as Brock Purdy has made. Because I do think that that throwing with anticipation and accuracy is something that Brock Purdy has shown really well. Now, obviously, there, Sam Darnold also did make some, in my opinion, really splash plays, some some of which which were dropped and totally not on him. Um, by the way, that number two guy for the Rams, he was he was like kind of smooth. He, he was the one that broke up a couple of those really good passes. Um, from from Sam Darnold to one was to Conway. Who was the other one to? Was it Ronnie Bell? Maybe Ronnie Bell. Uh, oh, wait, no. The one that dropped uh, got dropped was McLeod. OK, there we go. There we go. Um, but yeah, so I, th- I I will say I was. I saw what people were saying when they said that Sam Darnold can throw the ball well, but I didn't think that the game plan was or that the game ran as smoothly with Sam Darnold under center. Now I do understand maybe your hesitancy to like put that all on Sam Darnold because backup O-line, vanilla game plan, all those things definitely come into play. Now, were there any um, standout players from this game from you? We all obviously saw some more backups play. There was, um, how am I forgetting his name? He, he, uh, it was like his first NFL game and they made a really big deal about him. Never mind. You tell me your your player, and I'll I'll figure out mine. So yeah, I mean, last thing on the Sam Darnold Brock Purdy thing, I don't think it's you know I don't think this is the time really to have you know the debate overall. I don't think there is much a debate. If you're talking about anticipation, 
Sam Darnold, that's something that over his career he has struggled with. Brock Purdy, there's a reason that he's a top quarterback in the NFL because that's probably the thing he does the best. I mean, he might do it the best out of any quarterback in the NFL. And so I think that there is, you know, there's a very clear difference between the two, and that'll be reflected overall. But, yeah, I'll give props to Sam Darnold for his game today. I thought he played well. I thought he was a reason the 49ers stayed in this game. But for other players, standouts or guys Taylor that – was the guy huh? I was thinking about. Taylor, Taylor Hawkins. Oh, Taylor Hawkins, you mean? He was the guy. Yeah, I mean, Hawkins, Hawkins, um, he's a guy who's kind of been on my list for the last two years. I liked him uh, when we, what do you call it, when we got him as an undrafted free agent. was excited for him to kind of see his opportunity because he played the full game today. He was a starter because the full man. That, that um, incredible play, and then right after that, made a giant hit. Like, he was, I felt like he was like, this is my opportunity to, like, kind of earn a spot. And they at least said on the broadcast that Steve Wilkes had kind of fought for him in the in the war room. So maybe that was a guy that stood out to Steve Wilkes. So it was on him for bringing him in there. And I, I thought he made the most of it out of his opportunity. I did hear, we'll, we'll go over injuries in a second, but he did hurt his wrist, but he stayed in the game. So hopefully it wasn't yeah. that bad. And Hawkins will be a practice squad player for the rest of the the playoffs. I don't envision him coming up because the 49ers have their safeties. It's not, I don't think that, uh, barring any injuries, I don't think that Hawkins comes up. But, I, I mean, he was a player to watch for me, and I was excited to see him play. Um, maybe some some guys that, you know, might stand out a little more than others. I thought certain players tackled well defensively, and I thought certain players did not. Uh, tackling well, I thought Oliver. Isaiah Oliver, I thought he wrapped up a couple of times. I thought he tackled pretty well. You know, um, that was something that I definitely was looking for, just seeing which guys can kind of, you know, make an impact potentially in the playoffs if you want them to thought he played well. Um, and then the other guy that I'll go with, uh, it's tough to really say standouts just because of the, the, the type of game that this was. But I'll go with Jordan Mason. I mean, he had six carries, carried for 36 yards, uh, good efficiency, had one long run. Overall, I thought that was pretty good for him. I thought not only Jordan Mason, but and because I feel like people have wanted to see Mason play so badly and with all of Elijah Mitchell's injuries, I think people, myself included, have accidentally not like shit on because that's not a good way to phrase it, but maybe been like, hey, give Jordan Mason his opportunity over Elijah Mitchell because Elijah Mitchell is injured and Jordan Mason is making the most out of his opportunities. I felt like Mitchell sh looked looked really good in today's game. He looked really, really, really good and kind of showed the reason why when healthy, he is worthy of that. Uh, number two running running back spot. I thought he performed really well, but I agree that the it was one of his. It was a carry earlier on in the game where there was like a bunch of Rams defenders, and mm -hmm. Jordan Mason goes almost over the line, but he's pushed back, and then it's him against like five dudes, and he fought for the first down, and that was very that was a very very cool um, first down by by Jordan Mason. He had plenty of those into the gate in today today's game, um, so. I agree. I felt like both running backs really stood out to me um, when we're talking about the playoffs and Christian McCaffrey dealing with an injury right now. I know that everything is anticipated for him to be back and be totally okay, but um, I thought it was promising to see two running backs that we, we knew were good, but they definitely, to me, they stood out in, in a game of, of a lot of backup players. They, to me, you could tell that their talent was on a different level. Yeah, sure. I, I do think that, that both of them were playing, uh, you know, pretty well. And I mean, Mitchell's a guy who a lot of people have, 
you know, one way or another, some type of opinion about him because of Jordan Mason. But, um, you know, Mitchell does a lot of things well, and that's the reason that he's utilized the way that he is as the number two running back. And I think that that's if Mitchell is healthy, I mean, he's a guy who has been reliable throughout his entire career with the 49ers. The health has just been the major issue. If anything, today showed that the 49ers have good depth at running back going into the playoffs. We'll see how they handle Christian McCaffrey because, you know, when it's the playoffs, it's everything's a go. Everything's a go. But maybe if you get into a blowout or something like that, you're able to manage McCaffrey's load a little more. You're able to go into your backups a little more to kind of close things out. So we'll see how, you know, whoever the 49ers play, how it might end up going and what the split at running back could be. Now, I want to probably get into maybe the biggest story of today's game, or at least the biggest takeaway. I'm interested in how this felt in the stadium. Jake Moody, I want to start by giving him some props. He, this year, made 84% of his kicks. That's 21 of 25 kicks he's made. 84% is also the same percentage of kicks that Robbie Gold made. So a lot of people have been kind of calling for Robbie Gold. So Jake Moody's uh, rookie year, he made 84% of his kicks. Now, my biggest issue is not that Jake Moody missed his extra field goal point after, by the way, right after I tweeted, because on the broadcast, they were like, oh, he's like historically not had a miss. This is like he broke an NFL record for the most extra points without a miss and then immediately missed. Like, so they totally jinxed him. Um, But my biggest concern isn't that he missed a field, uh, field goal kick and an extra point kick. It's that he missed them back to back and that the last time that we saw him struggle with kicks, something similar happened. And that to me says it's a confidence issue and that's a problem for a big game because I don't care if you miss, I mean, I'll probably, if if you miss one extra point in a playoff game or in a Super Bowl and you lose it, I'm definitely going to care. But if it's earlier on in the game like that, what's most important is that you are able to bounce back and if okay, you missed an extra point, but they walked down the field for you again to get a field goal and win the game at the end of the Super Bowl, at the end of the playoff game to get to the Super Bowl. Don't freaking be in your head because you missed one kick earlier on in the game. You know, and that unfortunately seems like something he really struggles with. How was the atmosphere in the stadium? Can you take me? I don't know if you could see the sidelines. I'd love to know what maybe the coach was looking at, what the players were looking at, and how the, the vibe of the fans and yourself was with the whole Jake Moody confidence kicking situation. Yeah. I mean, I have a couple of things. Confidence, personally, I don't think it's the biggest issue. I thought there was wind. He shanked both kicks to the right. Um, so I think it was more so just really he missed those two. Now, I will say this. There are a couple of people that I've seen, you know, online or something, where you're saying you, you don't want to worry about Jake Moody. There's no reason to worry about him. And that's where I think they're wrong. At any other position in the NFL, I think you could make that argument. But the reason you can't for a kicker is how integral they are to the game. I think that when you talk about a young kicker, talking about being reliable in the playoffs, that is ultimately integral to how a team performs in the playoffs because your entire coaching philosophy shifts if you can't trust your kicker to make big-time kicks in the playoffs. And the issue with Jake Moody, you brought up how he's kicking, I believe, 84%. He came into the game at 87.5%. That's not great in terms of the overall NFL landscape. He is 15th 
in the NFL when you're talking about qualified That's kickers at 87.5%. He, yeah, I mean, you can talk about 87.5%. That sounds good, but he's 15th. Now, he did make all 58 or 59 of his extra points heading into this game. That's crucial. But the 49ers, you can't afford to lose games on kickers, uh, on kicking. And if you're talking about Jake Moody specifically, the 49ers lost two games this year because of their kicker. They lost today because their kicker missed four points. And then they lost against the Browns when Jake Moody really struggled in that game and also missed the game-winning kick. You had two different opportunities this year for your kicker to win you games uh, or, you know, that you could have won and you didn't win. Again, Moody can 100%. High pressure situations too, right? Yeah, like it's yeah they are. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know how high pressure you consider today overall, but still that's two games that you, you could have back. Did it matter in the end? No, but will it matter potentially in the playoffs? Yes. I think kicker is the one position where you can't afford for development. If you are a winning team, Kyle Shanahan knows this. I think the, the the majority of teams in the NFL know this, which is why they rely on veterans and why they rely, you know, uh, or why you might see a lot of uh, changes happening in the kicking world on a week to week or even year to year basis, you know, because success is extremely important at that position. And so if you're Jake Moody, I don't think today's issue was a confidence issue. I think he missed both kicks wide, right? There was a little wind, maybe not uh, whatever you want to call it. But even if it is a confidence issue, this has to be shaken. And I think that you do have a right to worry. Do you? Uh, will this happen in the playoffs? I don't know. But overall, you do have a right to worry because this is something that the 49ers should not be trying to have to deal with going into the playoffs because it might change the way that Kyle Shanahan wants to run things. You might go shy away on a fourth and three if you have a 50-yard field goal because you have some issues with, you know, some, some lack of faith with your kicker. And so it'll be intriguing to see how it is. I don't think Shanahan loses confidence in him. And I also think the 49ers, at least in the divisional round, should be in a good enough place to where they can trust him and still reap, you know, the results, good or bad, should, uh, should whatever happen. I was going to say in the post-game press conference, um, I forget who it was, I think maybe it was Matt Mayoko asked Kyle Shanahan, if they would be interested in bringing in like a veteran kicker or someone just in case Moody was to struggle again. And Kyle Shanahan said no, that they were confident um, in sticking with, with Jake Moody and that he had a bad game today, but that they weren't going to be looking into bringing, bringing anyone else. in. Yeah. Yeah. They, they won't. It's too late in the season. I don't think you can do that right now. I don't think you can. Um, a lot of people are, some someone just said I'm really worried about Jake Moody. Someone else said I'm not worried about Jake Moody. Jake Moody needs to get focused ASAP. So people are interested in the kicker situation. And I I to be fair, I think it's a I think it's a fair concern going into the playoffs when more games are gonna be tight like this. The 49ers lost by one point. If he makes one of those, like he he missed two. If he makes one of them, they win the game. And I know that this game, you know, is an ex was basically a preseason game. So people may, might not, you know, care about that. But, you know, if you can't get your confidence up in a preseason game, what are you going to do when you're beating yourself up because you just missed a field goal in a crucial playoff game? Yeah, and here's the way I look at it. You could have an off game at every other position. If you have an off game at quarterback, your running back and your skill position groups can pick you up and you can ultimately win. 
maybe even your defense picks you up. If you have an off game, you know, at, at another position, there are different levels to that same, you know, to that, uh, to that level or that side of the field that can help pick you up. And you ultimately don't have a bad performance overall, but if you have an off game as a kicker, it's felt the team, the whole team feels it. If you have an off game as a kicker, I think that's the one position special teams, kicker and punter where you cannot afford to have an off game. So, I understand people not having an issue with Moody. I don't really. I think he bounces back. Uh, but I do think that there is a right to be worried, understanding that if he has one off game, that could change the entire direction of a playoff game. Uh, that could. So you can't, you cannot, whatever, by any cost, you cannot have an off game in the playoffs during those three games. I Now, if do you think if he misses – in let's say the first playoff game, but they win the game. Do you think that Kyle Shanahan maybe changes his tone with the whole not bringing in, or is it no. one of those things, the kickers that are around are not going to be reliable at this point, anyways? Kyle Shanahan invested in Jake Moody the second he named him the Week One starter. Um, you know, you had Zane Gonzalez, you had other options. The second Kyle Shanahan invested in Jake Moody, um, you know, he 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 put his reputation on the line for Jake Moody. You don't, you can't, you can't change kickers at this point. I don't know how much you can, especially a kicker off the street. I don't know how much you're going to trust that kicker in the playoffs. If you just insert them then and there, because if they're on the street at this point, there's probably a reason why they're still on the street at this point at the kicker position. So I think you, you continue to roll with it. The main question I would have is, does he change how aggressive he gets understanding that his kicker could have some issues Again, I think this is all going to be settled in the divisional game. If it continues, I I kind of like when Kyle's more aggressive. Uh, Say what? Say that again? To me, that wouldn't even be the biggest of issues because I kind of appreciate aggressive play calling. Um, Yeah, it depends. But in the playoffs, it's a little bit of a different environment in that you you appreciate – you know, aggressiveness, but there's also aggressiveness to a fault where you do have to, you know, understand when to temper it, when to take your points because points, every point matters in the playoffs. And so you'll see teams amp up the aggressiveness, but they'll also settle for field goals when they understand how it, uh, you know, uh, how the game script would go. Whereas if it's a regular season game, you might be willing to be more or maybe even be less aggressive, that kind of thing. I think that it's a lot more situational football in the pro, in the postseason, and that kind of changes the outlook of how you try and approach it. Um, really quickly, James in the chat said, "So, who from the second and third uh, string players were you impressed with?" We kind of did touch on this. Uh, both of us talked about Taylor Hawkins, and then we just talked about the backup running backs. So, I brought up Isaiah Oliver as well. I thought he tackled well. That's kind of my main guy, but you know. It's a game. Um, one other shout out I'll give is Robert Beal. He had a sack, but it's a game again where you're you're going backups against backups. I don't think they're too many. I will say they're not impressed. Stock down. Sounds aggressive, but on freaking the backup wide receivers, stock down on the backup wide receivers. Yeah, I mean, I think that I mean Ronnie Bell's kind of struggled a little bit overall. Yeah. I, I think I that their like stock is down. I think the backup corners as well. Uh, Daryl Luter had a busted coverage that led to a touchdown. And then um, Womack had a whiff tackle, a couple of whiffs as well. How do so, you feel about the O-line? There's also um, – I saw it earlier in there, but when someone was talking about Sam Darnold, they were talking about the O-line. How do you feel that um, Jalen Moore did? 
Oh, um, the backups, I don't, uh, if I'm being totally honest, I could give, like, I could care less about the backup offensive linemen. You can go to any NFL team, their backup offensive linemen will not be good. Because the fact of the matter is, there's a true scarcity in the NFL at offensive line. You will be very, it'll be very hard for you to find one quality backup, let alone two, three, or four quality backups at offensive line. If you're trotting your backup offensive lineman out there, there's a, you know, you're not, you're not going to be favored to win that game, which is why the health of those guys is ultimately extremely important. Jalen Moore, you know, I, I mean, it's whatever. I think he was all right. I, I'm not going to take too much away from it because if Jalen Moore is in the game at any point during the playoffs, your hopes of winning significantly diminish. I agree. And while touching on this, I we should maybe, for, for anyone who didn't know, Trent Williams only played like that first series. So they took yeah. him out fairly quickly. Um, Dre Greenlaw had some uh, tendonitis in his Achilles and George Kittle had some back spasms. So those were two players that were initially supposed to be active and they were held out for the game. So just mentioning some, you know, basically all the key starters ended up getting phased out, Nick Bosa, but those were some important ones. Now, during the game, uh, Cleveland Farrell did suffer a knee injury, but Kyle Shanahan said that they'll have tests to get a diagnosis, but that it's not an MCL or an ACL. And Cleveland Farrell said that it just fell off and it was more precaution that he was um, leaving the game. So Yeah, I I mean, all of these injuries kind of seem more precautionary here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So he said it was more of a precaution, just felt a little bit off, so they opted to shut him down. The only other injury was that wrist injury from uh, safety Taylor Hawkins, who, I mean, he's a backup. The the reason I felt like the Farrell one was important is he has been. um, He started. He started every game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, sounds pretty good. Now, Jawan Jennings still in concussion protocol, but he hopefully, I mean, you would think he would be out by the time the playoffs are. There was um, illnesses going around. Who who else was it? It was Trent Williams and and another guy. I know. Oh, Kyle. Yeah, Mitchell. I know. Um, what do you call it? Uh, it was called I, McCaffrey. Might have been dealing with it too, but it was Williams, and then it was a player who played a good amount uh, today. I'm forgetting the name. I think it but, might have been Brendel. Brendel. Um, and then yeah, Brendel was dealing with it. Yeah. you check out. So there mm, is an you check. That's who I was thinking about. Yeah. It, there is an illness that's been going around, but once again, they have that bye week, so hopefully it should be fine. Yeah, Obviously, the good part is you get the two weeks off, so I mean that that'll be pretty integral here. Yeah, I mean you do you do hope that they heal up because you still want Kyle Shanahan said that it is going to be important for them to have two really hard practices for the like each week. They're going to have at least two practices per week that are mm-hmm. uh, keep up that same level of, of intensity. We'll end up. Um, with some comments, if unless you have any last um, takeaways that you saw from the game, from where you no, were sitting, were you able to like kind of see the sidelines or anything? I know that um, for certain, when that, for example, that Tyler Hawkins play, it looked like the sideline was really amped and cheering for him. Um, how how did their spirits seem? Didn't seem yeah. at least in the post game that seemed they were pretty high. Really I mean, overall, I mean, I I, this is a game again. If we're being honest, it's a meaningless game, right? So 
you'll see, you know, certain players, they, they got to play a little bit early on and they were able to hang out on the sidelines. Other players um, obviously came in throughout the second half of the game. They were able to do their thing. But I mean, even with the loss, I, I don't think it's too big of a locker room issue or too big of a demeanor thing at all. I don't think they really care too, too much. Okay, perfect. And then we'll end off with some comments. Chris says, just boils my blood losing, especially to an LA team. I I feel like this lot, like I'm someone who kind of does feel the losses and the wins. This felt really meaningless. To me, what the most important takeaway, and Kyle Shanahan said it was his, him and um, Sean McVay spoke together and that both of their goals was to kind of try to get out of the game with minimal to no injuries. And, and, you know, aside from Cleveland Farrell, which hopefully that's just like maybe a a knee bruise or something. seems like they did fairly well with that. But I think we covered it. The Jake Moody takeaway was my biggest concern. Um, Like I said, I, I thought that there was a pretty, a pretty significant difference between Sam Darnold and Brock Purdy, but I did, I was impressed by some of Sam Darnold's throws. I just felt like he held the ball a little bit too long. Obviously not completely fair to judge him because I know that he had some drops that were in the breadbasket. But I'm excited for the next real game. What's most exciting is kind of looking at the playoff picture and the teams that got in. I didn't expect the Eagles to lose today, even though they've been doing really terribly. I I don't know what to expect with that team anymore. I mean, they have been sliding and sliding and sliding. They're playing the Bucs, right? Now I think the Bucs are going to (laughs) win. You see, that's what they want us to think. And And then now – Someone, Jesse Naylor, so I have no oh, idea. I mean, I did not yeah, yeah, the, the, the finger injury, at all, but dislocated just, finger. I mean, those, I, I I don't think that'll be too big of an issue. They, I think they popped back in and Hurts continue to play. Like, that kind of thing is not a big deal, but that they got to figure a lot of things out. I mean, the offense is stale overall. Um, the defense, like, especially without those top receivers, you could see the issues. The defense, they've been horrible, horrific. So they got to figure that out as well. Or they don't, and that would be totally fine too. <laughs> um, just think if we could comment Kyle Shan- comment to Kyle Shanahan during the games like this, ha ha ha. How would that affect his decisions? I don't think it would affect them at all. I think he would be like, Kyle "I hate Shanahan you guys. You don't know anything." Like, he would block it out completely. <laughs> um, and then Chris also said he thought that um, Mitchell and Mason were impressive. We did touch on Mitchell and Mason earlier on when we talked about the standout players from this game. I hope everyone has a really good Sunday. I know that we were doing a little bit of a Kyle Oley's losers in the fourth quarter. I don't feel like this game is indicative indicative of that. Like they were just trying to get, they were trying to run out the clock. Each team, their each drive was like seven minutes long for both teams. Like it was very vanilla. There was no- in the fourth quarter, it mattered a lot more to the Rams. I think they probably wanted to play Detroit. You got to win to play Detroit. Uh, after that Green Bay was done, uh, Green Bay game was done, it seemed like it mattered a lot more to the Rams than it did the Niners. Which is interesting. I feel like – why do I think that the Cowboys would be – is it wrong to think that they'd be an easier – No, I, I think they'd definitely take Carson, the Cowboys. And they did – the Cowboys did kill the Rams earlier on in the season. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't put too much stock in that game. Stafford got injured in that one. But the, the reason I think they like Detroit is because Detroit's secondary is not good. It's not great. They, they, they've they been pretty banked up. 
And uh, where the Rams excel is if they can get that pass game going and kind of get defenses stretched out a little bit so that the run game can work a lot with Kyron Williams. That's kind of the way that they kind of operate. They all struggle against some of the stronger defensive lines. I don't think Detroit really has that. I agree. And like, it's, it's interesting because I've, and they just did play, play a good game now against the Vikings. So I don't know how much you can put stock into that, but it is hard to be scared of Jared Goff, but I just, I, I do appreciate the um, spunk for a lack of a better word that the Lions have. I mean, I'm, I'm, I wanted the 49ers to win, but I'm excited storyline wise for the Rams versus Lions for the, for this wild card. Yeah, I agree. Okay, well, everyone, have a really good rest of your Sunday evening. Um, like and subscribe to my channel. Tomorrow's my birthday. Happy birthday to me. Happy I'm going to be live with Eric Crocker on his channel in the morning at 8. And then I'm pretty sure I'm still going live with Steph at 3. I do have to pack because I'm also flying across the country. But like and subscribe. There's going to be content here definitely tomorrow. And then I'm hoping to put up lots of short little videos on Tuesday when I'm traveling. And then I'll be back streaming with Vish on Wednesday. We've been missing each other because he was in India and then came back and was traveling and doing a bunch of stuff. So like and subscribe to my YouTube channel. Go like and subscribe to Rohan's YouTube channel if you're not already here from his channel. I'm sure most of you guys are. And definitely follow him on Twitter to read his articles coming up. I'm sure there's going to be Lots of interesting stuff. And Rohan and I will be back probably talking about over-unders before the next 49ers game. <laughs> oh, yeah. You... Oh, you went. I said you can bet on that because that's go. what you got to do. Bet the over-unders. There you go. Have a nice night, everyone. Be safe. Have a Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.